Welcome to the dark forest. Jackie and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsession will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dark down for a while. Hi, it's Jackie Cation. You're about to listen to the dark forest. Yeah. You know the websites possibly. JackieCation.com, DorkForest.com, TheDorkForest.com. The credits, of course, Mike Rickberg just sang and composed uh, the Dork Forest theme song. He sang it with his girlfriend, Sarah. And he will sing the Mexican hat dance at the end of this program. Congratulations to Patrick Brady, who fixes the audio. He got married uh, just very recently. And him and his, uh, his girlfriend, now wife, Caitlin, I wish them all the happiness in the world, of course, but he fixes the audio. Very glamorous. And then Vilmos, he does the website, thejackiecation.com, which, by the way, is where you could find everything. Dorkforest.com and iTunes are where you can find the podcast and help yourself. And tdf.libson.com is where you can find the bonus track, unless you have the app for some reason, which I don't necessarily recommend the app. Even Like, I get a nickel per app, but... I don't, I don't know. Anyway, June, the week of June 9th, I'm doing a lot of shows in Los Angeles because I'm taping at midnight on Comedy Central, that game show with uh, the Nerdist. Uh, there is one in the can, but that one's an emergency episode. So now I'm going to be on it for reals and it'll be exciting. That's June 11th. And then I will be in Florida with opening for Brian Regan the week of the 19th, 20th, 21st and 22nd of June. And then uh, the week after that, I'm going to Wyoming with Maria. So, I am uh, all over the place. So, Los Angeles, Florida, Wyoming. Oh, don't forget, you can donate if you want. Uh, that is on the Dork Forest. And super fans, people have been super fanning it up. 100 bucks a year. You could do that $8.33 a month. I have not made that easy. But I've had uh, two people super fan me last month, and that was exciting. So, super fan is 100 bucks a year. You get, uh, I don't know, like you get in the mail like a just a thank you card. Uh, you don't really get anything. Or you could order stuff, and then you'd get stuff, and then you'd have $100 worth of stuff, like T-shirts and CDs. My new CD, This Will Make an Excellent Horcrux, is also a DVD. You could download it at allthingsrecords.com for $5, or you could buy a hard copy for 20 bucks that has a, an extra. It's just a couple of minutes, but uh, it's an extra scene. And then the CD is available on iTunes and Amazon, or you can order it on JackieCation.com, hard copy of that as well, for 20 bucks. I think you can get them all for $45, everything I've ever fucking produced. That's the scoop, folks. So let's get into it. Enjoy. At RBC Wealth Management, social responsibility starts at the top. As a part of the Royal Bank of Canada, RBC has been recognized among the world's financial, social, and environmental corporate leaders. Our sense of responsibility extends to our reputation for putting clients' interests first. My personal commitment is to help you achieve your financial goals by also considering sustainable and responsible investing strategies. To learn more, visit www.darlacashian.com. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC. Member NYSE FINRA SIPC. Hey, it's Jackie Cation. I'm in Will Anderson's apartment. Will Anderson, uh, I met you uh, famously 10 years ago in Australia. You're an Australian comic. You're a podcaster. You got TOFOP. TOFOP? TOFOP, T-O-F-O-P. That's it. Yep. And, uh, and you're at Will Anderson on, on Twitter? At Will underscore Anderson. Will with one L. 
Will with one L yep. underscore Anderson. Yeah. Uh, cause your name's Anderson. So, uh, yep. there's going to be a lot of Andersons on Twitter. And, uh, there and- is a, well, there's a thing. There is a Will Anderson who often sends me messages who's a, a musician. Oh yeah. Um, like, and you know, uh, yeah. has some success, but not like maybe a really successful mm-hmm. musician. And, uh, he often uh, just goes, ah, Look, you know what? You get a lot of compliments. He said mostly you get a lot of compliments. He said it's never that bad. Okay. He says like occasionally he gets like an angry, you know, mischief or something that comes to him, but he, he seems to be fine with it. Oh, the, fair enough. I, there's a woman who had my almost my same, my sister made an AOL account for me in 89, 1989. And, uh, and the woman who has it, Jackie spelled correctly will get emails from me some, for me sometimes and she'll just forward them and yeah. go, How's it going? I'm still in Boston, still working. How about you? You still working? Okay. And right. she just forwards them to me. It's really nice. Yeah, this person has like a, you know, interest in my career. Yeah. I, I, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think she's parallel to your career. So right. it's all working out. Keeping an eye, keeping yeah. an eye on me. But, um, I, yeah. speaking of uh, AOL, I, I still have a Yahoo mail account. Excellent. And I think I'm the only one. I think even at Yahoo, they're like, please stop using this account. <laughs> I think it's Yahoo that's sending me all the spam and it gets hacked all all the time oh, does and it, it sends all my friends like terrible links and stuff and I yeah. want to stop using it but right. I just well you know Gmail's the cool kid one now but I've, I've kept the AOL just because you know my aunt knows what it is and so it's mine's even got a funny name that's how long ago it was like my, I, I probably shouldn't give out my email, but I'm, here we go. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, who cares? It's yeah. email. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm, a lot of Russian spam bots know it, so you guys can know it as well. <laughs> right, everyone can know. It, it. is uh, the Wilrus, T H E W I L R U S, the Wilrus yes. at yahoo.com. Yes, that is hilarious. Yeah, and it was named. I remember this distinctly. It would have been 1998 because in 1999. Mm-hmm. Oh no, hang on. It would have been 1997 because in 1998 I did a show called I Am the Wilrus at the Melbourne Comedy Festival. Oh right. And, uh, That's where we met. We met in Melbourne. That's right. And um, you are Australian, just so people know. Yes. And uh, g'day, mate. And good day. It's all good. Have a blooming onion. <laughs> Things that we don't have in our country. Exactly. No blooming onions. No dingoes are eating babies. Um, one. It happened once. One time. One dingo you eats never. one baby. And then you never. Then, the end then of you're it. forever you're the dingo. <laughs> baby eating in country. country. The country full of. A lot babies. of good things have happened, and people don't mention those. <laughs> What, uh, you got that giant rock in the middle of the, middle yep. of the country. Uluru, Ru- formerly known as Ezrock. Yeah. What, yep. Oh, do they, did they go with an Aboriginal name? Yep. They Is went back to his traditional name. Oh, Uluru. That was nice. Yep. That was nice of them. In fact, you can tell a lot about an Australian, you know, yes. in a debate, particularly if it comes to, you know, how we treat our Indigenous people yes. by what name they call Ezrock or Uluru. Mm-hmm. Like if they're still hanging on to Ezrock. Yeah. It says something about them. The, who they voted for. Yeah. They're, make, they're, they're making, they're making a real choice to call it Ezrock. Right. Right. Well, Here's the crazy thing. I have, uh, cause we're going to talk about- And particularly if they climb it, you're not allowed to climb the rock either. That, well, you're oh, allowed- you used to? So here's the thing. You're allowed to climb the rock. The traditional owners, uh, prefer that you don't climb the rock. So firstly, it's called Uluru because yes. it's, it's spiritual to them. It's like a religious thing. So it's essentially like climbing to be. the top of like a temple or whatever, right? Yeah, it would be. It's a giant fucking rock. Right. Uh, and everybody around it, that's where they grew. They're like, no, no, it's our major landmark. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be interested in keeping that. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I'll meet you near the rock. Yeah. yeah. I'll meet that you. was what you'd... <laughs> I should, hey, what, what should we measure direction from? That tiny little shrub over there that might burn in a bushfire <laughs> or be eaten by a kangaroo or this giant rock that's yeah. been there Hello forever? Hello and welcome to 1840. Right. Yes. I mean, so, yeah. So that... um Yeah, so they don't... Do, so do people respect it or do they have... 
please don't climb the rock. And then there's a guy to say, no, seriously, please don't climb the rock. Yeah, does it want halfway up? <laughs> so, yeah. no, seriously, guys, <laughs> yeah. this is Turn really around. offensive. Yeah, this is actually no, It's toward rude. the top. And like, oh, seriously, it's like you're <laughs> pissing in my church. What are you doing? Why are you here? Right. Why did you choose to do it? Yeah. And, uh, you're it. a horrible person. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, um, uh, no, they, they, um, they, there is a sign that says that they prefer that you don't climb the rock. And I think most people respect that, but not all people do. Fair enough. And there's no dude. There's no dude at the bottom of the rock no. going, no, seriously. There should be like at least, a national There park. should be at least one indigenous dude just shaking his head. Just going. You just have to, yeah, you know what? Yeah, they need a crying Aboriginal. <laughs> they need one, like, I mean, as a gig. I mean, You're right. they should, sure. I'm saying they should pay this guy right, or whatever. Right, right. That would be steady work. Or it could be like, you know, uh, I mean, as they say in the Christopher Nolan Batman series, you know, in the mm-hmm. o- olden times, the Romans would elect one person in times of trouble to maybe it could be a, like a, you know, a ceremonial spiritual thing. You could take your turn as being the crying person at the rock just to guilt foreigners into <laughs> like, yeah, sure. You've read the sign, but you're still going <laughs> to climb it. Well, you have to climb past a weeping aboriginal person <laughs> every time right. and by the way yeah uh oh i there are nine things here's the thing i had an <laughs> i had a hat with the aboriginal um Flag? Te- afl team oh. the team that is uh, the, the made only of aboriginal afl players oh yeah okay the all indigenous team yeah the all indigenous sure. i had that hat couldn't find it was going to bring it uh-huh. but um i was wearing it and a guy on the airplane coming back from sydney a couple of years ago said to me you know when are we going to be indigenous an Australian guy. Yeah. He was like, why, why, why can't, why can't uh, some of the great guys, you know, we've been here like 300 years. Aren't mm. we indigenous yet? No. And you're like, not ever. No, not, not ever. ever. You can't ever out. be. Yeah. It turns out you were not part of the continental drift that yeah. brought a bunch of people there. No, no, that, that, uh, yeah. That's a specific thing. That dude. horse has already bolted. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Now, you can't become indigenous. No. <laughs> no, you, you know, cannot. you remember those, you know those people who are born again virgins? Not actually born again virgins. <laughs> not actually that, that's virgin. all in their head. You can call yourself whatever you want to call yourself. Right. But, right. And but, if you want to get 19 surgeries to look aboriginal. Right. That is also rude. Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> <laughs> actually not okay. Yeah. Do you hear about that Brazilian guy who got nine surgeries to make himself look Asian? No. Yeah. Why? You know, something on the it was on the internet. It must have been true. Yeah, it must have been uh, true. I think it was an anime. Was thing. it under the headline? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, this article will change the way you look at Asian people or something. <laughs> right, because he had bright yeah. blue eyes. He was yeah. clearly the grandchildren of Nazis. Uh-huh. Right, and uh, so he was Brazilian, but he's a Brazilian dude, and he had had nine surgeries to look Asian, uh, which is weird because all Japanese anime, everyone looks round-eyed. Right. So it's all completely fucked. Everybody, but also. Oh, the down weird, with what you look like. But also the weird thing about that is like, you know, Brazil is world famed for its plastic surgery. Oh, that's right. right. But they're not doing much to make people look Asian. Right. Nobody's, that's a very unique thing. Like that's, you're going, yeah. you, you, want, you want your breast bigger as well though, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. I just want right. to look more Asian. I just Asian. want to look more Asian. Yeah, but and you want me to have like, you want to have like a, a like, longer dick. Yeah, no? you want to, no? Okay. No, not that? No. All right. You want to, can you fix my foot? They're like, no, no, we don't. It's only no. cosmetic. This is, and, <laughs> and so we can't actually fix your foot. Yeah, we can and, put a breast on your foot. <laughs> Would you like a massive breast on your foot? Have you always wanted a nipple on every appendage? Because right. we could do that hand nipple. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, how many nipples do you want? Effect. We've got a spare. We've got a jar of nipples. <laughs> Seriously, you pick whatever nipples you want out of that jar. If you can guess how many nipples is in the jar, we'll give you them all for free. All free nipples, yeah. all the time.
Good times. Okay, so you have already brought up Batman, the, uh, the movie. Yeah. Um, you said in Batman, the Christopher Nolan Batman movie, there was a comment about what the Romans would uh, elect somebody. Yep. What was that line? I have not memorized uh, the Batman movies. Well, I, it's it, they, you Har- might have. Harvey Dent, I think, is the person who talks about it, and Two-Face. it's yes. Uh, oh, spoilers. Spoil. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, everyone dies in Game of Thrones. There are books. Yeah. <laughs> and also, uh, there are early episodes of Game of Thrones that have established that everyone dies. Everyone dies. Everyone, like, dies. everyone dies. Winter is coming, it yeah. turns out. And you know what happens in winter? Everyone dies. Yeah. Anyway, so Christopher Nolan. I think that's because everyone's worried about George R.R. R. Martin because oh, they right, think that he's, he's going to die before they finish the series. Right. But he's probably Very just. Very flattering, by he, the way. He's probably just written the last, like, you right. know, page. Oh. Everyone dies. Everyone else, everyone else dies. What are the final words of Lord of the Rings? What are the final words of Game of Thrones? Everyone else dies. Right. And in conclusion, yeah. death. Whoever is left dies. <laughs> right. But that would be, because it's so rude that they're like, then why make a TV show if the, if the author isn't done with the series? I mean, I don't know if you, do you read much, um, of the, of, of the. I haven't read the Game of Thrones books, but I've read the, I have, I haven't read them for the reason that I've been enjoying the television series. Okay. And I kind of, and I've been, been enjoying the surprise element of it. And so I didn't want to. Like I will, I yeah, think when I finish spoilers. the TV series, I'll go. Then you can go. Yeah, yeah. I'm a bit of whatever I started first. Okay. Like you yeah, know, yeah. so if I started reading, if I'd started reading first, I would have like wanted to read them all, then see the movies. Yeah. But because I hadn't started that way, yes. like I actually have the first Game of Thrones book on the shelf here and had it for like 18 months and realized one day, no, nah, I'm gonna just keep just watching the TV keep watching series. The show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then go, oh my god, he died. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's uh. But what, um, yeah, what, what in the Batman movie, what, what did the Romans used to do? So it, it, they're talk, they, t- they're talking about the idea and it's thematic to the whole idea of that movie, which is about, you know, the, the white knight or the dark knight to, right. you know, protect and like, you know, Harvey's the white knight and sort of, you know, Batman's like, you know, the dark, oh, the dark knight, knight, even yeah. though, you know, and they, there's that speech by Commissioner Gordon at the end about like, you know, the idea that he can be the, you know, the person we need him to be, our dark knight, you know, that thing, right? Oh, okay. So early on in the movie, they talk about the idea of they're having the, I think it's in the Dinner scene. I'm pretty sure. Excellent. You know when the Harvey and Rachel and uh, and uh, Bruce Wayne, Bruce or? Wayne are all yeah. out to dinner. Okay. And oh, I do right? remember that. Yeah. And they talk about the idea of Batman and whether and like Harvey Dent's defending Batman and you know saying he's a vigilante. Like yeah. you know, he, saying someone else says, well, isn't he a vigilante? And they talk about the idea of in the Roman days they used to elect uh, in times of trouble they used to be elect they used one to person elect to a be vigilante. Their, Hence yeah, the word to vigilante. be their protector. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Okay. So that scene, I believe. <laughs> you might have remembered that scene from such times as the gajillion times you've seen the, the Dark Knight. Yeah. Um, here is where we could talk about now. So Batman himself, yeah. right? His parents are killed as a child. Uh-huh. We're gonna be we're gonna be reviewing the Batman right. mythos. Uh, and by the way, uh, it, it's it's very interesting to me because if you buy into the idea of uh, like, and we do this as you know as comedians, I yes. always think if Batman hadn't become Batman, he would have had at least a really good hour of stand up because <laughs> that is the sort of stuff. You know what I mean? Like he's got at least one really right. There's a couple good of story. ways. There's a couple of ways to go with yeah. all that trauma. You can channel it into a lot of different things. <laughs> exactly. So 
So he's a guy who's like, I need a cave. Some people right. are just like, I want to perform in a comedy club that is much like a cave. Much like a cave. <laughs> yeah. It's got the good dank. Right. And so he, um, that's his origin story. If you think about the idea that you enjoy Batman and then Batman was important for the world to fix the world, right. then you've got to, the, the man who killed Batman's parents is important to that story as anybody else. Okay. And so it gets to that idea. Like it's, it's your Judas role. Okay. You know, in that Judas the needed to betray. Like, otherwise, you know, we would never otherwise, get Jesus. Yeah, right. Okay. Doesn't happen otherwise. That was explained to me in Jesus Christ Superstar. Right. Yeah, that's how I found out about it. Sadly, the Bible, not as clear. Right. <laughs> Less singing, possibly. And, uh, but, uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. So that's it there. So that's your, ori- that's your origin story. Batman's right. parents get killed. Okay. So whatever happened to that guy? Did Batman kill him or did Batman arrest him? What did, I think my understanding is that over in the, like over the mythology of Batman, that there are different stories where, you know, that person's either, you know, very important or not important. I think in the original, in the Tim Burton movies, I think he was working for the Joker or something. There was some sort of him or that the Joker was involved or like. Too tidy. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the thing is, is the fact that, that he's uh, integral to creating Batman doesn't mean that that guy just isn't a guy who happens to occasionally kill people. Right. Uh, like it wasn't a plan of his to create Jesus. He just happened to create Jesus. Yeah, that's right. Where in Jesus Christ Superstar, Judas was made aware that he had to create Jesus. Yeah. And uh, so, uh. <laughs> so when we do, uh, yeah. when we do Batman, Batman Superstar. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> when will Batman Superstar be? <laughs> the Dark Knight dances. When we do the Dark Knight dances. Yeah, and, I, in bra- and in brackets and sings. Right. I think yep. that I, I think that uh, the, the South Park guys should do it. Yeah. And, uh, sure. But okay. So, so uh, yeah. and so that whole um, angle is explored in different ways. But I think, you know, random violence is like, I think it's that, you know, the, the origin story doesn't have to be the person in, you know, starting yeah. it doesn't need to know that they're the person starting it. Right, right. Cause it, it's, it's the ripple effect. You don't know that you're the stone. Right. You just are the stone. Uh-huh. So, um, so that, so he in, in the, now I have seen the first movie. Batman Begins. Three times. Uh-huh. I have seen the second movie one time. Uh-huh. And I have not seen the third movie. Okay. All right. Well, now, that uh, seems to be following a reasonable mathematic pattern. Exactly. Uh, if anything, one, have you seen it minus one or two times? I think that I, would be... It has been offered to me, but I have not seen it. No, that has not happened. Because yep. okay. <laughs> uh, I would see it, but it was... Heath Ledger scared the shit out of me. Okay, interesting. Because uh, he did an excellent job, yep. right? I mean... And, well, the thing they always say about the Joker is yeah. that his jokes are not meant to be funny to anyone other than the Joker. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, the things that he says, he thinks are hilarious and everyone else finds demented and terrible. Right. And I think Heath Ledger more than anybody got, got that. that. Yeah. Yeah. Because, because I will say that, um, and also they're the same person. Like, I mean, to me anyway, that story in particular, the Dark Knight story where yeah. you've got the three, you know, pillars, like you've got the Harvey Dent character who's the one that they want to put forward as the white knight, but yeah. eventually, you know, becomes the villain. You live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Yep. Die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become a villain. Right. Right. Which is the kind of central theme of, of that movie you've got then you're sort of bruce wayne you know dark knight having to like you know pretend to be doing something that he shouldn't have done but right. then you've got the joker who is essentially just the the He's other side of batman like oh. i mean but no but i reckon the batman and the joker they're, they're two sides of the same coin they're the same person they just went different ways with it you okay, know so something horrible happened yeah. to the joker and he decided to go mad right 
And it feels like he actively decided to go mad, too. It was just like, I would like to, I knew a guy. Well, so did Bruce Wayne, though. Like, dressing up as a giant bat and fighting crimes is going mad. And choosing, and to, choosing to go mad. He's like, I'm going to go yeah. hang out in this well until I'm no longer afraid of bats yeah. and crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that is exactly. Maybe that's why. Because insanity makes me uncomfortable, right. it turns out. Uh, it doesn't feel controlled. So do you think Batman is controlled in these movies? Do you think that he is in control in these movies? Well, I think that he tries to think that he's in control or that he's trying to get control, whereas he's the Joker... He's trying to find a balance, right? Is, like, the Joker has that line about, like, you know, uh, do, I, yeah, do I look like a man with a plan? I'm just a dog chasing a car. I wouldn't know what to do with it if I caught up to it, you know? Oh, right, right. Like, and it's, you know, or the Michael Caine line, you know, some men just want to watch the world burn, and that's what he's like. He's just like, yeah. well, I don't have a plan. Right. Like, I mean, I have lots of plans. Right, but... right. Whatever's happening right in front of me right. is my plan. And yeah. so that is a guy who's very much living in the moment. Yeah. So so Batman, he's working to try to keep control, right? He works. I think he's trying to get control of the city as well, you know, like, but it, but constantly everything that they choose to do, and that's kind of the twist at the end of the second one or the moral, like the kind of through line of the third one, the one you haven't seen, is yeah. that... The idea that all the things they decide at the end of the second movie, eight years later, are the yeah. things that have fucked everything up. Yeah, okay. everything that they thought they were doing, everything that they thought they were doing right. We're fixing this. Right. We're correcting this. We're, we're patching this. Yeah. All of it just falls apart. Right. Because not, you can't. Is that the, is that the. Well, the, you can't, and you certainly can't by, you know, lying and manipulating and like, you know. Oh, right, and hiding and having a second life and all these things. Mm-hmm. Is that what sort of the message And is? he kind of has to like get over being like because the thing about batman is batman like in that universe at least can't just batman can't just like keep going about being batman that's not the batman story that like you're not gonna have next week's adventures of batman and like because in between like the the dark knight and the dark knight rises eight years have passed and bruce wayne's just been like hanging out in his like millionaire's house not being batman not being batman no Oh. It's a classic stand-up comedian thing where he's like, you know, like if it hasn't gone well, he's like, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm quitting. I'm just going to stay at home. Right. You're right. like, really, you're not secretly doing triple runs and just sort of building character, just writing a new hour? No. Nope. No, I'm not. No. Is he working out or anything? Is it, Or is there a Rocky-like scene where he has to get back in shape? There's a. It's a bit Rocky-like. Okay. Um, it, there's some technology like involved. Oh, and there's tech? Yeah. So there, there's some great technology moments in the third one. Like, Because I don't mind. It's a comic book movie. Right. So I don't have any problem with no, no, my suspension of disbelief at the, uh, the switch is off right when i walk in he's a man dressed as a giant bat fighting crimes right right, right. i you you had me as a man dressed as a giant bat but my favorite <laughs> thing about it is like he's apparently like hasn't been down to the bat cave for like eight years but okay. he goes down and like all the technologies working perfectly like okay. all the computers and the technology so that means like if you think about that because you can't get a tech guy in to the right. bat cave no, no, right? Alfred's got a... So Alfred is clearly a computer genius. Yes. And for eight years, based on no hope at He's all, been has been going updates. up there and updating it. <laughs> like, you can't have an iPhone for eight months without updating it three times. <laughs> and Alfred has, like, cutting-edge equipment down there. So Alfred is either a computer genius who is wasting his talents as a butler, <laughs> or he's killing computer techs. Right. Because he's getting them out to install the it's thing. It's a one-time and gig. And, uh, one-time gig. Dispose of the bodies. Exactly. And then there's just them throwing it down into the... Yeah. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. So at the end of the, the third movie, it's really like... It's about that idea that he has to you know, get to a place where he can stop being Batman. You know, oh, like, okay. you know, the, so he has to find closure. He has yeah. to find healing to some extent. He has right. to find a reason to live without being Batman. Without being Batman. Yeah. And does he? 
Well, I Here's mean, a spoiler. that is a spoiler, but uh, yeah. So at the end, but it, it's an eight-year-old movie. It's set up so. so that they he will either die, okay, or he will, you know, become a supervillain. No, escape. Like oh, at the escape. end of the like, so basically at the end of the movie, the, is it the, Lady and the Tiger kind of ending? Like you don't know how it ends? Oh no, you know how it ends. Oh thank God. Yep. I hate the Lady and the Tiger. I'm just like, yeah, no, fuck that. No, fuck that. I was just, I like, mean, I'm happy to use my imagination about some things. Yeah. Totally. You know. Yeah, but they, tell me how the damn thing ends. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Is, that's is she a nice lady and she gives him the other lady, or is she a self-centered asshat and she makes him die on the on the on the with a tiger? Uh, yeah, I know what you mean. I know. Yeah. yeah. So, well, I'm glad there's closure. I, yeah, yeah, you don't need to tell me, but it's uh, but that is, I mean, because that makes that movie much more interesting to me. When I did, what happened was is I just didn't get to see it. Right. It's sort of like the third end of the the Star Wars prequels. Um, I didn't, there wasn't a moment when, when someone said, Hey, do you want to go see this movie? And so I never went and saw it. And then I heard that it was the best of the three prequels. Yes. But who cares? Which was, yeah, damned uh, with faint praise. Exactly. Yeah. I was like, hmm, all right. I don't also need to yeah. do that. So, but this, this makes me more interested because nobody I know was going to see, I'm not much of a DC person, mm. right? And I like. No, no, I understand that. I, I, I think generally. Yeah. Like I, I think that this, the Christopher Nolan, Trio of films, and not everybody likes the the last one. By the way, there was a bit okay. of like it was it bit split of a backlash, people, or, okay. but I thought it was great. Like okay. I, you know, I am an unreserved fan of it. I, in fact, the more I watch it, it's like one of those movies, like where Tom Hardy as Bane, like okay. they, they took essentially like a minor character, or like you know, not a minor, well, a minor character, but yeah, like, like a C-list mi- right. bad guy, and turned him into one of the most memorable movie villains. Of all time, like yeah. that performance is unreal. Like that, what they did with the character, like it was. And and you're talking about a third film that was originally going to have Heath Ledger in it. So they didn't when they first planned it out. The Joker was going to be in this third right. film, right? Okay, I did not know. Yeah. That. Okay. So, so wow. you know, it was. So, I, and they couldn't really recast. No. After that, that no, they could been, not. That no, that would have been no. a terrible idea. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, so, you know, there would have been at least, doing? there would have been at least one studio producer who's like, he's in makeup. Surely we can. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 That was a, that would have been the, that would have not been a popular guy. So it was the Heath Ledger thing. Um, it, it was that made them have to make different choices. Yeah. And, okay. but the other thing about it was that was really interesting for me because I was never a personally a fan of Heath Ledger's because he's an Australian actor, obviously. And, uh, oh, I, had interviewed him once on radio when he was doing an Australian uh, film called Ned Kelly. Now oh, about th- that's that that's the Robin Hood guy that they never shot in the legs. Right. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ned Kelly was because <laughs> he he was a Robin Hood guy, right? I mean, he was right. steal or Jesse kind James. of. Yeah. Yeah, he was a little bit little bit psychopath. Yeah, it wasn't just Robin you know he, he would certainly steal from the rich. Yes. Whether how much of it he Trickle was then down. giving to the poor. <laughs> Mixed reviews. Some. And it was late 1800s, Ned Kelly? I guess that's probably right. He He was an Australian bush ranger, they called them. They were our kind of cowboys, I guess, or like, you know, that sort of, you know. But he had a knight outfit. He had like a... Well, he wore like, I mean, the most famous image of him is like, you know, of him with kind of a metal bucket on his head. Yes. Like, I mean, like, imagine... And a breastplate, though. Yeah, that's right. Big breastplate and then like a kind of a bucket head, a metal bucket head. (laughs) With the... Like with a mail slot, like yeah. you were, like a like, like you were going to deliver mail, <laughs> right? Right, right. And uh, but he didn't do anything about his legs because he was probably riding a horse. Or he was riding a horse, so he really couldn't protect his legs. No, um, but he's our most famous and revered bush ranger. He was hanged in Melbourne. Did he, one, and, 
Yeah. There's a famous like yeah place you can go and visit where Ned Kelly was hanged and. Oh, I went to that prison in 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 Melbourne. Right. Oh yeah, and yeah. I right. was like, uh, and and in the in the interview they were like, you know, you realize people spent years in the room half the the size of this table, and I was like, what's happening? Yeah. And uh, it was like it was a it was a <laughs> revealing. Yeah. Anyway, so he played Ned Kelly. Ah, uh, so yeah, Heath Ledger played Ned Kelly. Okay. Uh, so now two people have played Ned Kelly over the years. They've made two Ned Kelly movies. Okay. Uh, the first one, very famous, um, Australian, Mick Jagger. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I think I saw that was the one I saw. Right. Okay. So Mick Jagger, yes, lead singer of the Rolling Stones, Mick Jagger. <laughs> British. Uh, British. Uh, yes. uh, played Ned Kelly. Not Australian. In the first one. Yep. Uh, and the second one, uh, it, it was a, a directed by a guy called Gregor Jordan, I reckon his name is, and he made a great Australian film called Two Hands, okay. uh, which starred uh, Heath Ledger and Rose Byrne, who some people might know. She's like a, a person who came over here, like if she was in that latest Seth Rogen movie as his okay. wife, and you know, she's she was in Damages and a bunch of other oh, cool. things. Really, and she's, she's really great. And the great Australian actor. So they um his ledger at the time yeah. was in his like, you know, um sort of painful actor period. You know, took himself very seriously. Oh my goodness. And uh so my we, condolences. we were doing uh yeah. breakfast radio on a radio station called Triple J, which is like a government youth radio station. So okay. no advertising, you yeah. can swear on air, you can talk about what you want. We play alternative music. It was good it was great. It was yeah. a really great time. Well, super open. And we could say whatever we wanted, you okay. know, it was fun. So we wouldn't really get people who were in who were on the press tour. We'd only just get people in if we were interested in them. Yeah. But this production company had been bugging us for like weeks, just mm-hmm. saying, you've got to get like, you know, Heath Ledger on the show. And we're like, okay, great. We'd heard he was notoriously difficult, but we we're like, no, well, if they're keen, <laughs> maybe he's a fan of the show or whatever. Sure. Like if they're keen to have him on, then we're keen to have him on. Right. right. So we're doing the interview and it was like we'd taken him hostage. Like, you know, I thought he was going to hold up a newspaper and, you know, wow. show what date it was. Like, we just couldn't get stuff out of him. And we're trying our best. We're being really polite. You know, it's not, you know, we're not. Yeah, it's radio. Right? You have to be plugging. And, and it's live radio. Live. You know, like, live so it's silence. not like, yeah. And so at one stage I could, you know, the only thing I could hear was people turning their radios off. <laughs> I could actually hear that back through the radio. <laughs> right. That's, right. It that was, was huh. so I said, which I look is not the best joke that I've ever made in my life. No, but you were in the moment. I was in the moment, much like uh, the Joker himself. Right, and I said, because uh, I said, oh, I said, uh, so we were talking about the motivation of his character. So we like we're asking him respectful questions because yeah. we were thinking we just want to get something out of him, right? right? And if you're this big actor, actor, this actor's actor, you, that would be a question you could answer, right? So he just goes, uh, he says, uh, I just wanted to understand why Ned was so. I mean, angry. I mean, where, where did his rage come from? And I said, um, do you think it was because he had really bad hat hair? <laughs> now, not Which, the best joke I've ever made riffing, in my life. Riffing. But he wears a metal tin on his head. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's his famous thing. I haven't just. <laughs> right. You're not saying something un, right. un, that with no, with no That's point his of thing. reference. That is his that thing. That is his thing. <laughs> Right? He ranges the bush and he wears a metal bucket on his head. Yes. If you don't want people to talk about the fucking metal bucket, then don't wear a fucking metal bucket. <laughs> no one else is wearing a metal bucket on their head. So, um, I say to, uh, I, I, I say to him, um, do you think it's because he had really bad hat hair? Yes. Now, he said to me, uh, well, that's not funny, is it, mate? And I said, well, I didn't see 10 things I hate about you twice, you cockhead. <laughs> uh, 
on the radio. Boom. That was that our moment. Awesome. And so from then on, we had never, we had never got along. And when he and was you guys announced. didn't get married because it wasn't romantic comedy. Right. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, because that had been on radio and because people remembered that. When we yeah. finished that radio show, it was one of the more requested like clips. People wanted yeah. to hear that because it was so awkward and so <laughs> horrible. And, and so. That's just gold. When That's he was, just... when he was cast as the Joker, all my friends were like concerned for me. Like, like, oh, you know, when you start, your... well, when it got announced, I didn't know what had been announced. So I just started getting messages from people going, are you okay? And I was like, does everyone know I'm dying or something? Right. And I haven't <laughs> been told yet. Like, and it was because. Heath Ledger had been cast as the Joker in the Batman films and yep. everyone was like, you know, they knew that I didn't get, and they thought it would ruin the films for me. I thought he was genius. I thought it was one of the oh, best right, performances you of have all always, time. You have always been a Batman fan. Right. And so that was where that came from. Uh-huh. It was so, everyone knew how much you loved Batman. Yep. That you received text messages because of the casting of the Joker in a film. Yep. That is some dorky awesomeness. That oh, is good work, my well, friend. Well, I'm going to like see that and raise that. Well, double it at least, yeah. which is I got the exact same messages, but many more of them because of like Twitter and the podcast and things like that. Right. When Ben Affleck was cast as Batman. Oh. <laughs> because people know that I have – and I'm not anti-Affleck, by the way. Nope. Like he's done some really good stuff. I have a theory on Ben Affleck, which is that he is the only person who knows how to direct Ben Affleck because you'll notice that his best performances are all in his own movies. Very possible. I I hope he's going to direct – I wish he would have directed Daredevil then. Wow. So uh, this, we, this is the exact place we're going to, Jackie Cation. All right. Which is that Daredevil, my favorite comic book character of all time. Even and that, more so than Batman. Yeah, and that Daredevil movie, one of the worst films I have ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, like bar- it, it hurt me so much. Right. Like, and I watched both versions. I watched because someone told me that the director's version was like better. Better. Not much. No. 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 You know, Peter David's writing, writing it now. Yes. Uh, and it's awesome. And he lives in San Francisco because he got disbarred, uh, in New York. <laughs> and, uh, I love, I'm a, I'm a huge Daredevil fan because yeah. there's going to be a, going to be a, a Daredevil series. A Daredevil series on yep. Netflix. Is that where it's going to be? Yep. Well, that'll be neat. That'll I be think neat. so. I, I think that's the area for those. Like, I, I think the Daredevil's going to be good there. They're making that Gotham uh, TV series. Oh, right. Like of the younger, you know. I heard Arrow is good. I heard um, I haven't had a chance to watch it. I wouldn't but... necessarily trust the person you're talking to about that. <laughs> uh, you are talking to somebody who watched all 10 series of Smallville and still isn't sure whether he liked it. Cause wow, I, cause I, had to, I had to call it a day after about series four. If people make four. like shows about things that I already like, I will watch those shows. Whether, whatever. Whether just... they're good or not, <laughs> I will watch them. Right. I did not enjoy uh, the latest Superman movie, and I've seen it five times, and I did not enjoy it. And you did not enjoy it? No. Okay. So, what, about, what about books? Do you give an author one one shot? or Because I do that. I read six Terry Pratchett books before I oh, and, Terry and, Pratchett. Oh, okay. So I was going to say, you did get to the point where yeah. you liked? Yeah, Because yeah. when I was sending you my list of things that I could be talking about the other day, that yeah. I considered saying Terry Pratchett. I oh, didn't right, right. say it, but I was yeah, like. Discworld. Yeah, Discworld. Read- I've read all those books, every, every single one. Every single one yeah. of them. The see, best I, one, the one. See, I always use a gateway drug. Okay. I have a little Terry Pratchett gateway drug. Oh, that is good to know, actually. Uh, good it? Omens. Have you oh, read Good, good Omens? Ones. That's what brought me to Terry. Right. Yeah, that's what brought me to Terry. Okay. Pratchett. Well, that is the gate. Well, so well, so I'm right. Yeah. Except that you already went there before me. R- right. Well, I did Good Omens, and then I did Discworld. Right. And it took me six Discworld. Yeah. I I think the thing I reckon what I would do. Yeah. With the like, if I was going to, because I he certainly got better. 
as right. it went on. As did the Dresden file guy. As do probably uh, most of us. If you right. looked at our stand-up writer, careers or you know, whatever, do you know what I mean? Like, everybody turns out it gets better at what they're doing. That yeah. plumber who started out 30 years ago, yeah. he's probably better at plumbing this year. Right. Anyway. So you get, you know, your 10,000 hours or wherever way you want to put it. Yeah. So what you could do with those Terry Pratchett books, because they are all intertwined, but they're not really. You right, know what I mean? Like stand the, alone. They're of they the same universe. Yes. And I think you could easily come in like, you know, six, seven, eight books in. That's that great. What's a Mort? The one about death? Is yeah. That, is that what it is? That's like about seven or eight or nine. Like that's in that yes. spot where right, things it. started to get really funny. Yes. And that one doesn't really, it, it's not even in the rest of that universe much. It's more about, you know, the kid who works for death. Am I saying it, it was yeah. a Mort? I yeah, think. Yeah. I haven't read it for like 10 it's years or whatever. Think, but, yeah, yeah. And, and they keep traveling. So it's his daughter or something, or yeah, maybe that's yeah. what it is. It's a long time since yes. I've dipped in, but I. uh And then you could go back and read the early ones later on as kind of like a right, prequely he, he sort got of thing. His sarcasm and he got his silly sort of funny. He did hit a nice stride. Yeah, and I mean, there was a point where that satire was to me as clever as Douglas Adams, right? Like you know, what he and, was doing at the peak of what he was doing. Sometimes there is a, a window where if you don't read Douglas Adams, when you still appreciate sarcasm at uh, that level, you may not enjoy the Hitchhiker's right. Guide. But I luckily uh, was still a huge fan of sarcasm when I read Douglas Adams. So uh, but it's the, amazing, though, isn't it? That yeah. like you can read something, and I absolutely agree with this, by the way, and I think it's relevant in a lot of cases whereas if you read something as a kid or like at a time in your mm-hmm. life where you loved that thing yeah like and good omens is that book for me like yeah. good omens is, is i can i probably have read that book like i'm gonna say 15 20 times right okay. because it's just one of those ones that if i want to have a break and i haven't read it for a while it's like re-watching one of my favorite movies or yeah, whatever it's an easy i just read. enjoy reading there's that always book. a joke you haven't right you don't remember that you're like ah, ah right yeah. and, but that is what it's yeah. like and I, it's such a comfort book for me to be able to, to when read. When he threatens the plants, that's good times. Man, it's just, that's just, that's comedy gold. There's just a lot of funny stuff yeah. in that. <laughs> um, but I, uh, but Terry Pratchett is a very interesting person. If people don't know him, he made a great documentary about, uh, euthanasia. Um, like really? last year because he has Alzheimer's disease ah. and he wants to be able to, cause I mean, as you can imagine, somebody who's like, you know, I think he's the most, like, one of the, uh, behind, like, J.K. Rowling or whatever, he's, like, the most successful British author of the last 20 years or something oh, ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Like, he sold an, an amazing amount of books and stuff. True. And But a guy who had this brilliant mind to create all these, you know, things, and then suddenly... Not have access. Not to have that. access to it. Like, so he made this amazing, like, documentary about, you know, the right to die, and he's just a really fascinating guy in okay. general. So if people are kind of interested in him yeah, as a I person... Yeah, that'd be... My favorite thing I always quote, it was the thing that used to be in the front of his books and I always enjoyed. And if anyone ever asked me about, like, you know, when, if someone's having too serious a, com- a serious a conversation about why people become comedians, oh. I always quote, look, mostly because it's indoor work with no heavy lifting. <laughs> yes. Right. That's why, that's why I went into comedy so I didn't have to move chairs. Right. Whenever anyone asks me to move chairs, I'm like, no. No, this no, is I why I. This is why I went into stand-up yeah. comedy. Is there no heavy lifting? <laughs> yes. And it's a, my, my, what did I? Uh, I can't remember. Okay. <laughs> so, but it was, um, yeah, cause I, I, I like the DC universe to some extent, but sometimes it's genuinely uncomfortable how insane all of the bad guys are. Uh-huh. And in the Marvel universe, the bad guys are often just motivated by things that I understand better, which mm-hmm. is greed and bad life choices or uh-huh. just falling into, you know, a set of bad characters. And, um, but did you see the new Spider-Man? The, ama- the, the new, the amazing Spider-Man 2? Yeah. 
No. And oh. that's pretty unusual for me. Right. Because I, I went and saw the Green Lantern. So I'm just going to tell you, you know, where, <laughs> right. how low the my bar, bar is. Yeah. yeah. You were set. available. I saw, I saw the three, the Green Lantern, I think the day it came out. <laughs> I saw Hunger Games twice the day it came out. Although I love Hunger Games. So I'm not, oh. that's not a, you know what? I, I haven't, thing, I haven't had a chance to see the movies. I've read all three books, but, no. um, the, the first movie's okay. The second movie's fantastic. That's what I, I hear the second movie just nailed it. it yeah. I thought they did a really, really good job. Oh, cool. And that's... I love seeing kids kill other kids. Well, <laughs> that's what I've discovered about myself. Any movie where a child kills another child. That is just I'm not into adults killing kids, but no. if a kid wants to kill another kid... Because that's the last time it's okay. Right. When, when The last time it's it's genuinely okay to punch somebody yeah. is when you're about 15. Right. And then when you're 18, you're like, oh no, there's oh, no. no hitting in yeah, Grown Up Land. No, no. Yeah, now everyone will sue everybody else and you will be prosecuted. Right. But when you're 15, <laughs> you can beat the shit out of somebody. Yeah. And it's... uh Yeah, so Hunger Games, uh, I loved the first book. I liked the second book, mm. did not enjoy the third book. Oh, interesting. So it's interesting that the first movie is good, but the second movie is better because mm. I wonder if they will be able to save that third movie yeah, uh, that... and make it the book better. Well, you know what they are doing, which what? probably is not a sense that they will save it. They're doing uh, – they're splitting it. Oh, criminy. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why, Santa? Why? Money. Well, that's right. Greed. Okay. Greed. I... Reasons you can understand. <laughs> right. Reasons I can comprehend, it turns out. <laughs> Uh, So, um, uh, yeah, so I didn't see The Amazing Spider-Man 2 because I did not enjoy The Amazing Spider-Man at all. So I just was like, I can't do it. It is unfortunate. Because I knew it would just be the same as, like, the first. I just couldn't. Yeah. I just couldn't do it. I'll tell you, uh, Jamie Foxx nailed Electro. Right. That that was my favorite But from what I read about, like, the – see, I I feel like they just shortcut things. Like, apparently he was really great in the character, but they shortcut the motivations of the character so quickly of him becoming a villain and why he's a villain. It's like – I like to have some motivation. I want to like know right, a, little a little bit more of, backstory, yeah. not just oh that guy, right? Uh, he was passed over, and people stole his stuff. But it was yeah. But it felt like the Bane thing. I wish I had seen the Bane Batman movie because oh. then I could actually compare those two characters better. Because you said that it was sort of a sea level character, and most of. Spider-Man's villains. I mean, there's Doc Ock. Yeah. There's the Green Goblin. But even at the best, like Doc Ock, I mean, in your, in your pantheon of great villains, (laughs) like that's what I always think with Spider-Man is like, I like Spider-Man. Yep. And, but I like, I mean, I really like Spider-Man and like, you know, there's been times in like the, the run of Spider-Man over the years where I've been like even really into the comic book and stuff. Yeah. And, there's it, a there's a great series that that is ongoing, but it was it was a it was a great run. But yeah, right. So I, like I know I I get all that, but like I I always think at the best of times his villains have been like the shittiest thing about Spider Man. Yeah, it's uh it's the craziest thing about the Doc Ock thing is that, and I've I've mentioned this before on the Dork Forest is that because I just finished they just finished what I consider to be the best run of Spider Man since I was a kid, uh, and I have not kept up with Spider Man, so that is talking out of my okay, ear. So. Anyway, but the uh, the uh, um. Doc Ock was dying. Since you were a kid. All these, all these sentences. I think yeah. this is what we should start going. As far as I know. As far as I know. <laughs> as far right. as I know. And based on no information besides yeah. what I have in my head. Right. Uh, with, I cannot. And so, but Doc Ock takes over Peter Parker's uh, body. And uh, they swap minds, essentially. And then uh-huh. Doc Ock dies. And, uh, uh, right. and so, but yep. Doc Ock, who is an adult man. Oh, an adult madman. Mm-hmm. But an adult man mm-hmm. looks at Peter Parker's life and goes, Oh my God, this is a mess. 
And so what he does is he he makes what is he calls a superior Spider-Man. Right. And so he gets Peter Parker his PhD. He gets uh he he organizes Aunt May's life. He gets a girlfriend, a better girlfriend. He starts his own business. He uh in the in, the, in the, but then of course he's Doc Ock so he goes mad. And at one point turns out uh he has uh six appendages. Uh, much like Doc Ock. He turns into an eight-sided spider. Spider. Yeah. Right. And then he's got little spider bots that go over and look for crime. And he's a superior Spider-Man. But then, of course, he's Doc Ock, so he loses his mind. And, and then he, it's just, but it was such a great, it was written by Dan right. Slott. Yeah. And Dan Slott is continuing to write it because Peter Parker's back in his body now. But, um, and Peter Parker's like, what did, wow, he's really, but right. he got his PhD in a thing that Doc Ock, in cybernetics, uh, right. not in what Peter Parker knows. Peter uh, Parker doesn't know shit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, I have a PhD in something I don't know anything yeah. about. Fantastic. Okay. That's fun. Yeah. And so, but, uh, so I wish I had that Bane because it was, yeah, I, I like it, but it was, uh, it was good. So we are at, uh, the little over the halfway mark and I do want to talk about Australian rules football. Okay. Because the AFL league, Yes. Is, it's essentially, I saw a game and it is essentially kill the guy with the ball. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> it is the biggest game of kill the guy with the ball I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I. What s- game did you go to? Can you remember? It was, uh, I think it was, uh, what is the, the beach team? St. In- Kilda? St. Kilda. Yeah. I went to a St. Kilda and Hawks game. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah. Right. And, uh, so they, was it at the MCG? Did you go yes. to the MCG? I went to the MCG. I had, uh. The Melbourne Cricket Ground? Right. I had a meat pie. Yep. That everyone was like, those are the worst meat pies in the world. Yeah. Said, Even a shitty meat pie is better than the best meat pie I've had in America. Okay. So, Interesting. Uh, it was yeah. Really so good. normally at the football, it's a bit of a tradition that mm-hmm. the uh, meat pie will be served, uh, scalding hot on the outside and almost frozen <laughs> in the middle. Was that the, your experience? Uh, no. Mine was cooked <laughs> all the way through, but they did offer me a great deal of ketchup. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah in an sure. effort, they were like, you're going to want to kill the taste yep. of this with some ketchup. And I was like, no, this will be fine. And was it old fashioned, uh, which you still have here in a few places, was your old fashioned squirty ketchup or was it like in packages? It was. Can you remember? Uh, I, I know this is a detail that probably is. <laughs> it was squirty ketchup. Yeah, squirty yeah, ketchup. Yeah, yeah. Squirty yeah, yeah. ketchup, all nice if uh, yep. you get a side of ketchup. But I, I got the ketchup. Tomato right. sauce, that's what it would have actually been, mate. Because <laughs> oh, right, you're in right. Australia. It would have been, do you want some bloody tomato sauce? Tomato mate? sauce, yeah. uh, which might have had a, a tomato involved in it. Right. Very exciting. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to ketchup, which is just all sugar. Right. And, uh, and some red dye number seven or whatever. <laughs> and, uh, but the, yeah, so I saw that game and I was so fascinated by uh-huh. the game. I read a series called Specky McGee. Yep. Uh, which you told me the name, Lion. Gary Lyon. Yep, L-Y-O-N. Gary Lyon was a, like, he was, uh, Melbourne, uh, the Melbourne, the Melbourne Football Club. Uh, okay. who are, I think the, the, the oldest, they claim to be the oldest sporting organization in the world, but I think there's, it's contested, but they're okay. certainly amongst the oldest, you know, sporting clubs in the entire world, the Melbourne Football Club, about 150 years old or something like that. Okay. And, uh, they. Is that when footy was invented? Yeah, back, yes. In fact, I think they were a club before footy was invented. Okay. <laughs> I think there is actually technically they were a club because okay. the myth about Australian rules footy is they were playing, uh, you know, soccer and somebody started like, yeah, lifting up the ball and kicking it in different directions. But it was kind of invented. It was actually invented as a sort of a, a winter sport for people who played cricket. 
So cricket was the big game in Australia. It was brought out from England and right. people played cricket in the summer. Right. And during the winter, they needed something to do to, to be fit. Oh, now right. in the northern states of Australia, if you like, particularly New South Wales and Queensland, yeah. they played uh, rugby league. Yeah. Which is quite a more international game. And if you went to pri- like a private school, you went to a, like, you were more upper class, you played a game called rugby union. Okay. Now rugby union and rugby league are different games, but they have a lot in, in common as well. Right. right? I, I've never, uh, I, I didn't take the time to learn about rugby because it didn't have as much, uh, genuinely spectacular jumping off of each other, grabbing the ball out of the sky as, as, Footy does. Right. I, I, um, firstly, I would say footy too. So that's good. Good. Definitely footy. Like, you know, like if you're in, like the great thing about Victoria where it started, the VFL. Okay. Uh, that's what it used to be. The AFL used to be the VFL. And it stood for Victorian Football League? Victorian Football League. So it was a suburban competition. So that's why teams are called like, you know, St Kilda and called Richmond and called Hawthorne. These are all inner suburbs of Melbourne. Okay. Like all the, you know, the teams. It'd be the equivalent of like being in LA and just having like, you know, Teams that are West Hollywood are playing. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) There's going to be a great Valley Village team. That's right. Yeah. So that's what it was in the old days. You know, Collingwood would play Fitzroy. They're the they're the suburbs next to each other. You know, divided by a road. You know. So that's where it all first started out. But then it grew to be a national competition. Now there's teams in every state, but. Uh, for a while, Victorians played, you know, Australian rules football and people from New South Wales, because it was like a, a rivalry thing, they played rugby league. And okay. that was forever, you know, how it was. Right, right. right. And, and, so, and there, so there's still and a there big... are still people who care more about one than the other, obviously, Yes, right? and definitely if you, if you went to New South Wales or Queensland, even though both of those uh, like states, uh, the Sydney Swans have been one of the most successful. The Swans. Teams. I looked for a hat, did not find a Sydney Swan baseball hat I like. It's not a really terrifying name, the no. Swans. <laughs> Except for they are kind of brutal. They're, yeah. not, they're no geese. Right. But uh... <laughs> they used to be the the South Melbourne Swans, so they okay. were, they were one of the teams that moved. So South okay. Melbourne moved to Sydney to become the establishment team in Sydney. Okay. So and Fitzroy moved to Brisbane. They became the Brisbane Lions. They okay. used to be the Fitzroy Lions. Okay. So as it expanded, what happened is. Like, you know, because it would just took the team names and moved them franchise. It would be weird to have a national competition where, well, and they still kind of do, where like most states have one or two teams and in like Victoria, there's still like 10 teams. Right. Right. It's it's definitely Victoria's game. Right. Everyone in Victoria would have an AFL team. You get, it's the shortest hand conversation you can have with anyone in (laughs) Victoria. You get into a cab or whether you're talking to the premier of the state, the easiest thing to talk about is yeah, who's footy. your team? Yeah, who's your yeah. team? Who okay. do you follow? What well, do you think of the footy? Right, because I I have several teams hats. Yes, and uh, and I just because I like the game so much, I just started buying. And I was wearing I was wearing one of the hats, and I went into the coffee shop in Melbourne, and the guy goes, "Oh, you like the Hawks? I'm a big fan of the Hawks." And I said, "I just I don't know anything about the Hawks. I just know I like the game." And he's like. Well, that'll do. And uh, he was so like Hawthorne. They won the premiership last year. Okay, they were the and they have been a traditionally very successful club. Okay, but I yeah. go on. No, please. Oh, I was going to say just so people know, let's talk about how many people are on each team right. and the four goalposts and the and yeah. the whole thing. Okay, so yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> let's yeah. let's do our best. Yeah, it's we'll played do- on an oval. 
Yep. Uh, so, a big oval. Yeah. yeah. And like three times the size of a soccer field, you know, yeah. like it's a Just big, so big, big oval. The MCG where you enter the game holds a hundred thousand people and on grand final day and on some of the bigger, like other sporting events during the day, some of the bigger games, it'll get, you know, 90 to a hundred thousand people in yeah. that stadium. Yeah. Uh, it's a pretty big sport. And, uh, there are 18 players per side who are on the field and there are four other players per side that are on like an interchange bench, okay. but people can run on and off. Um, anytime? At any time. Okay. You don't need to have like, you know. You like just, if, if there's 19 people on the field. No, you're not allowed to have 19 on the field. I mean, as in like you have to kind of. Like, you have to go down to 17 for a heartbeat and then up to 18. They again. can cross on the line. Oh, they know? can. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. That's basically it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, technically if there was 19 players on the field, you could call a head count and I think it's a forfeit. Okay. So like. Yeah. It has happened in okay. like 150 years. Right, people but, have dropped the ball and right. It, yeah. yeah, it can happen, but they yeah. it doesn't doesn't rarely happen. Uh, it's it's a 360 degree game. This is the thing that's important. Most games of football yeah. are played in lines. Yeah, you know. Uh, soccer, football, you know, the world game. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it has the offside rule, you yep. know. Um, you talk about like rugby or American football, you know. Uh, yeah. Uh, they are all played in lines, okay. you know. One side's coming this way, the other side's running this way. Right, it's you like You can't old break battles. a line. Yeah. You know, it's very... This it, is more like guerrilla warfare because right. it's it, coming from all sides. All sides. No padding. No Full what? body, no padding at all. Like oh, no, no one plays. No they, one plays they're any- wearing shorts, and the reason yeah. I found the difference between rugby and, and AFL was uh, I was like, "Oh, the AFL thing that I like—they don't have any sleeves." And yeah. Uh, yeah, they wear sleeveless jerseys and little shorts in and the middle of winter. In the middle of winter, and 220-pound guys are throwing themselves against them. Right. Yeah. And from all angles, you can get hit from all angles at all times. Like yeah. that's. But the ball, like you know, you have to either kick it. Yep. Or you have to hand pass it, which is like a like, like a like a volleyball. Yeah, uh, that's exactly right. Yeah. You've got a clenched fist and you hit the ball. They're the two ways you're legally allowed to dispose of it. So you you're meant right, to, to kick, kick it, it or, or hand, to handball it. Handball it, and then you can also dribble it, right? You have right. to dribble so it. So every uh, fifteen yards, I think it is, or fifteen meters, maybe yeah. it is, you have to bounce. Like the ball. You, like once. It, as you run as towards you run. the goal, yep. you bounce, you have to bounce or you have to hand it off. Right. right? That's right. And it is shaped sort of like a football because it's, it's yeah, not, it's round. not as, it's not as pointy on the ends. Yeah, but it isn't as round. an American football, but it's an, it's a, no, it's an oval shaped ball. Yeah. And uh, a lot of the kickers in the American football are now Australians because oh, right. the punters, yeah, yeah, the punters. That's right. The, yeah. the specialist punters. A lot of them are ex AFL players who at the end of their career when they can't, do the physical stuff involved to play, they come over to America and become punters because they're such and good kids. And buy land. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because uh, there's a great deal more money in, uh, in yep. NFL than there is in NFL. Well, that's right. Yeah, because there's and, no money in And NFL, they only right? have to kick every now and again. Right, right. They kick four times a game or yeah. something, right? Uh, the AFL is becoming pretty like professional now. But oh, the, is it? But even the best players, even like Gary Ablett, who it's an interesting game because... How do you spell Ablett? Ablett, A B. L E double T Ablett. Okay. Uh, his father, Gary Ablett, uh, <laughs> okay. so was re- regarded by many as the best, the most naturally talented player ever to play the game. Okay. And he would certainly probably be in, if you made a list, if anyone made a list of the 10 best players who've ever played the game, probably the five best, he would normally be either that on list. that list or in that conversation, you okay. know. There's probably a couple of other guys in the history of the game. There was a guy called Lee Matthews who, and this is my favorite thing about, well, one of my favorite things about Australian rules football is that it's a game that shoots, suits all shapes and sizes. You have to be fit 
Yeah. But you can be, there's roles for little people. There's roles for big, tall people. There's roles for like big, bulky people. Like, you know, there's different roles in the game. And so this guy, Lee Matthews, like if you see him these days, he's like this little portly, you know, guy with this like mustache, greatest player in the history of the game, as far as I'm concerned. But like 5'4". Yeah, like tiny. Okay, yeah. They used to call it, his nickname was Barney because he looked like Barney Rubble. (laughs) Right, you know. All right, all right. So it's an amazing game. It can be played by great athletes or just people who are smart at playing the game. Okay. Um, So Gary Ablett Sr. was the most talented player of his generation but was a train wreck off the field. One of those classic old sort of, you know, so much talent, didn't know what to do, has had quite a tragic life since then. Okay. Had a son, Gary Ablett Jr., Mm Mm-hmm. Now, when he first started playing in the AFL, everyone was like, oh, I mean, it, people felt sorry for him because how do you go into Follow a game? Like, your name's the same. Yeah. Like, he's named you the exact <laughs> same thing as him, and it's you have George to go and Foreman. follow in his yeah. footsteps, right? Yeah. yeah. Gary Ablett Jr. is now, the, the, the debate that is now, like, happening in the AFL mm-hmm. has gone from about two years ago where the debate used to be, is Gary Ablett Jr. better than his father? Yeah. Now the debate is, is Gary Ablett Jr. the greatest player in the history of the game? And there would be a lot of people who would argue. It's incredible that we've had a game that's been played by thousands of people over 150 years. Yeah. And two of the greatest players of all time, father and son, are both called Gary Ablett. (laughs) (laughs) It's uh, Everyone's just going to name their kid Gary Ablett. Gary Ablett. It's it's Johnson, but it's Gary Ablett Johnson. Yeah. Just I'm living in hope. I'm living in hope. Right. And so, so what? Yeah. So that so you bounce, you do it, and then there's there's two tall goalposts yes. and two tiny ones on the ends. That's right. So there's uh the scoring system is if you get it through uh the sticks in the middle. Yep. Uh, that is uh, a goal, and yep. that is six points. Right. And if you get it through either of the six sticks on the side of the main goal, so imagine like a like you know tall posts of like an NFL like you know where yep. they would shoot to goal, but without the the T bar. Yeah. And then uh, add two shorter posts on either side. If you get it through the middle ones, that's six points. Yep. And if you get it through the side ones, that's one point. Right. So it's it goes short pole, long pole, long pole, short pole. That's right. And um, yeah. And there's and, a set of those at either end of the oval. So basically yeah. the idea is to, you know, kick it through your goals as many times as and you can. And can you handball it through or can you only kick it? If you handball it through, it's a point, no matter which of the goals, that, like, okay. which ones it goes through. Got Anything it. off the hand through the goals or through the points is a point. Okay. Yeah, right. yeah. And if it hits any of the posts, it's also a point. Oh, it, it, it takes it from six to, yeah. to one. Well, actually, it, if it hits the big posts, it's a point. If it hits the small posts, it's out of bounds because oh, okay. it goes to the, the one down oh, from... Oh, yeah, yeah. But we're probably getting a little technical <laughs> for people following oh, along. Oh, the minutiae yeah. is what the Dark Forest <laughs> listeners enjoy. Yeah. And, uh, but so, yeah, so the, the, the game, it's... A, one of my favorite things is that they can... There's... You can touch... You can just grab people... If they've got the ball, yeah. you can tackle them between yes. the knees and the under the like oh, the essentially lo- the the shoulder the shoulders like oh. under the shoulders like okay, you know, under yeah, the shoulders to the knees. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah, that's your kind of tackle zone where you can grab them. You can yeah. grab them if they've got the ball. Uh you could used to be able to. They're getting a bit stricter on it now because of high head contact, accidental high head contact. But you also, if you were within five meters of the ball, you used to be able to bump 
a player, like even if oh, okay. he didn't have the ball. Oh, really? Just right. got to knock him off, yeah. off course? And that was the best way to clean someone up. Because people would run, you know, run from like, you know, 50 yards away, line someone up. And if they're within five, like just, because you're not seeing that you're looking at the ball in the different yeah. directions. Some dude just comes out of nowhere and smashes <laughs> you. Right. In the old days, though, it was a lot more violent. In the old days, you were allowed to just like, I mean, people would just punch each other and have fights and stuff. You know, in 2005, when I was touring around Australia, I saw on the news a guy um, broke his cheekbone and the bone went through his eye socket. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they kept showing it on oh, yeah, the news. Yeah. He didn't lose the eye and he didn't lose his sight, but they kept showing this freaking bone sticking out of his eye. And I was like, stop showing Oh no, they, they love nothing more than that. <laughs> like the biggest injury, like is people doing their knees because ever you can imagine people yeah. like going for a ball on the ground at high speed. If anyone comes in underneath, you know, yeah. knees are going to go. Yeah. And they'll show that. I remember one famous incident, like at the SCG, the Sydney team that this dude's kneecap had been dislocated and he was just lying there on the oh. ground, smashing his, like, you know, trying to get it back in so oh, he could right. get up and like oh, go. My God, and keep they've going. just got the camera on this guy putting himself through so much pain trying to smash his the knee back in. Of this thing, I you know I picture it like a gladiator match because so it's kill the guy with the ball. It, they play uh, four quarters. Uh, right. They play twenty How- minutes with time on. So most quarters go for about thirty minutes each. So it's a two-hour game. Your elite runners, no your, your midfielders, will play. Uh, they'll run about twenty kilometers, which is like a, what fourteen yeah, miles, miles or like or more, 12 miles, yeah, twelve yeah. or twelve or thirteen miles. Um, they'll run that a game. And your forwards, even you, like, might run like uh, ten or ten to twelve kilometers, so like wow. six six miles or seven. It's very physical game. Like it's it's. I mean, possibly I enjoyed it because these were the best looking men I've ever seen in my life. Oh, even for athletes, they're good looking men. The body shape is. Right. Ideal. Yeah. You don't get that weird head thing <laughs> right. or that no neck thing. Right. But they're clearly like they're completely in proportion. Right. Because they're streamlined. Because you have to be strong, but you also have to be fast. And, yeah. You know. It's the weirdest yeah. looking dudes. I mean, like they look like Photoshop drawings of what men should look like. Yeah. It's the are there any women's players? So uh, not in the in the league. In the I league, mean, but they have a, a women's league. Okay. So that they have and the AFL has been trying to be uh, more inclusive of of women, like right. I think, like most like sports these days, but right. it has like an almost fifty fifty um, fan base? audience base. Yeah, because I I met more as many women who were into it as yeah. men. But uh, insofar as the organisations themselves, yeah. so St Kilda, uh, yeah. the team that you went and saw, yeah. they have become they just became this last week before we talked, just became the first club in AFL history to appoint a female full time coach. Okay. So they, that, which has been something that has always been dominated so by. So there's never been any. Not, at, not at the highest level of female yeah. coach at that level. Okay. There's a female goal umpire, Chelsea Roffey, who okay. was the first, like, uh, female goal umpire so in the early AFL. Early days here with women trying to integrate into the, into right. the game. Into the actual game itself. Yeah. Like on boards and stuff. They had the first female president of a football club, the R- Richmond this year. And certainly the AFL boards had women on it for a few years and like that sort of thing. But it's certainly, the initial steps of that. Yeah, but yeah. I think, you know, it strikes me that it, it, it's been a game that accepted all those things pretty easily. Yeah. So it strikes me that, like, I think that now that they're all happening, right. it will just become very normal very quickly. Allow me to make a sweeping statement yes. about the Australian people, is that uh, when you tell them that they're doing something, they're just like, well, we would like to integrate women into something. Yes. We, would, we think that that's racist um 
the worst comment you're going to get is just some tool bag going, well, fuck you. Fine. I mean, that's the whole, I mean, the whole thing is I don't want to do this, but yes, all right, it'll be fine. Right. It's, I mean, and, and, and the best will be, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Or, or it'll, it'll go that gamut of we should definitely do this to, Yes, we should do this too. Oh, I don't want to do this. Why are you going to ruin my thing? But okay, we'll do this. Right. And uh, well, in the old a, days, I think that was definitely true. I yeah. think these days, unfortunately, um, there's that extra like. Is there another? Is there another level of yeah. guys who are just like mm, screw them? Yeah, I think that that. Um, I mean, there, one of the worst things that Australia has given to the world, and I apologize it's not, <laughs> for your. People? I understand yes. that. I, like I. I don't want to be one of those people in life that, like, you know, so, you know, some people are like, it wasn't me who did that to them. Why should I have to apologize? I, I don't know. It seems to make them feel better and it costs you nothing. nothing. Isn't that enough of a reason? Yeah. I had nothing to do with this, but I apologize on behalf of my nation regardless. <laughs> yes. Uh, Rupert Murdoch. Oh my God. So, that guy is a, that guy's a, a, a pestilence. Rupert Murdoch, who formed the formerly Australian Rupert Murdoch, <laughs> now an American citizen. Oh, sure. Uh, but, uh, he, Rupert Murdoch, um, what he did with Fox News over here has started to pollute the Australian media system as well. Like the Rupert Murdoch papers in the last 10 or 15 years have become, you know, very gone down that Fox Newsy, like, you know, stirring up controversy, telling people that someone's coming to take whatever it is that you think you have. Right, just making up yeah. a drama, do Skittles cause VD, find out at six kind of situation right. where you, then you go. I mean, I actually they? would, I would watch that though. Just, right. I have, well, I eat a lot of Skittles. Right, and that they did not, and you were like, "Well, now I've ruined f- a half an hour, forty-five minutes of my life." Yeah, this and- this brought to you by Skittles. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So enjoy yeah. some Skittles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It's yeah. There's yeah. Then they just have some Fox News guy saying, "I don't like the yellow Skittles." <laughs> right, the yellow Skittles do actually. Yeah. I'm not saying they do, but they do. Right, and, wink, uh, wink, nudge. They don't, but. Um. Yeah. So uh, part okay. of the problem is that there is a little bit more of that, but. I th- still think in general. Yeah. I mean, I still think there's a lot about Australia that fears what it doesn't know, but then easily accepts things. And that's why I always feel like in Australia in particular, I'm disappointed when our leaders, I think the problem what's happened with the Australian political system in the last 10 or 15 years is that, um, uh, they are doing too much focus group driven stuff. They're asking people what they want them to say and do. Right. I think that Australians are terrible at telling people <laughs> what they would say or do. I think if Australians are asked, Australians' first position is, why would we change it? Right. Things are great, yeah. right? <laughs> Nothing's broken. But would you- I think that Australians, what they also do is, normally when we change things, we do really accept things so easily. Right. Like, my, my parents are from a very small country town. I grew up in a timber town, like a, a, a you know, a... In Victoria? Or? In Victoria, okay. that's right. Little place called Hayfield was the biggest place near me, 1,200 people. But okay. I grew up on like a, the road that my dad was born on, 300 people in the whole There's area sort of thing. There's a romance in that. Oh, right. yeah, there is. Okay. Yeah, so, so that's basically was the world I was from. Yeah. They got their first, um, like, gay, openly gay couple, you know, in the town, came back to town, um... It, Opened the best cafe in town. Well, the only real cafe in town. The right. only place you get a decent cup of coffee in town. <laughs> right. And they owned an espresso machine. Has done more for gay relations in the country than 20 years of Mardi Gras. Yeah. Like, it's just one of those things that, like, it was like a talking point for a week and then just every, like, yeah. I can guarantee you that everyone in Hayfield is like, if we get, like, more good coffee, yeah. let's, 
Everyone should be gay. Those, yeah, that couple. <laughs> do you have any gay friends you can bring in? They seem perfectly normal, right. and they're really good at what they do. Yeah. So, I don't mind that. It's you know, it's. I it's, think they are very. I mean, I don't. I don't think Australia is a country where people like will hold on to a point past rational evidence to the contrary. Right. Right. They may go in. Yeah, I mean, at worst case, they I might mean, not start where you need them to start. Right. And that's why I think our leaders shouldn't be asking them what they think. They yeah. should be being progressive in the way that we all know we're meant to be going. Right. And then I'll find, you'll find that people actually, people so, catch up. Right. They'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and, and, and there will be a couple of awkward moments where those are the good ones or it'll be fine. But then, you know, a half a year later, you're like, no, they're all fine. Who cares? I mean, and, it's, uh, yeah. we've seen it in major sports in America with like, you know, the, and look, there was some negative, you know, feedback to, Michael Sam, the, the gay footballer. Right, right. But in general, nobody you kind of think that like like a year from now people just won't like yeah. it and that doesn't mean that all that shit is fixed, but no. it is a nice sign that at least Sure. Right? Yeah. I I uh I I have a blog that I occasionally fix things. I fix sexism and then I was fixing loneliness uh last oh, yeah. week. It was nice. I might take on poverty. I you would have know. thought that if you fix loneliness you could probably fix a lot of sexism. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is where it stemmed from. Right. Yeah. There was a there was some loneliness that led to some horribleness. And uh so I was like, Well here, fix loneliness right. and then it won't lead to horribleness because you will have uh someone to hang out with and canoodle with. Anyway, so it does seem like and I understand what you're saying and, and not saying in that sentence. Yeah. But I do, I absolutely agree with you, which is that idea of we, and, and governments are so short-minded in these things because yeah. they don't realize the person that you cut off, like, you know, those benefits or whatever, is now the person in the street who didn't get their medication, who's, right. like, being weird and threatening towards you as you, or is the person, like, the person yeah. that we don't have the adequate, like, mental health thing set up to identify who's in trouble or who's... Yeah, they blah, just want to keep their jobs. So right. they just are asking people, how can I keep my jobs? What would you like to hear me say that yeah. will make you not replace me? Right. Instead of just doing what they know to be the right thing which is to just be nice to each other right. and help each other if they can and help the people and you, you can't fix everything no but you can you can make things slightly more tolerable at least try that day. or let's just not make them worse let's start yeah. with not making them worse that's it not something not broken don't fuck it right. don't break it there how about that how about this let's uh, okay. let's do um let's do plugs and let's do a quick question about what's your team what is what is oh, your okay team? So, um, uh, plugs my podcast, TOFOP, T-O-F-O-P, check that out. I have another podcast called Willosophy, um, which is like a less comedy podcast. It's, I basically, I, I get, um, uh, well-known people in Australia normally, but just right. interesting people, like yeah. people that I find interesting, who've had interesting careers and stuff. And I ask them if they have a philosophy and we just start, or where, and where that philosophy came from. Okay. And then we just talk generally out of that. It may be about their life, sometimes not about their life, just oh, about like, okay. I just like to know. Is that, is that on all things comedy as well? No. So Tofop is on all things yes. comedy, which is the network, the podcast yes. network that we are both on. Everybody should go check out. There's a bunch of great podcasts over there. Really there really is. Really shitty ones. What? <laughs> no, no, that's not true. Please listen to them all and tell us which <laughs> ones are which. Yeah, which, <laughs> which ones? <laughs> exactly. Right. And uh, no, but uh, and then the other one, Willos- Willosophy. Yeah, Willosophy. Is it is it Willosophy.com or do we just go to iTunes and go Willosophy if with you- one L? 
Uh, if you go to iTunes and go Willosophy with mm-hmm. one L or any other, if you type in Willosophy with one L, it should it all will, work out. It will come up. And you'll, will, you'll be able to or find will it. And Will Anderson podcast philosophy. Yeah. Why don't you do that? Why don't I link it too? Right. Why don't, why don't I do my job? I don't know why we're teaching um, people how to use the internet. <laughs> if they've managed to download this, I reckon they can work out how to find someone's yeah. podcast. <laughs> somebody, somebody asked a, a friend of mine where she was playing someday and, um, and she wrote back, Google.com has all of the information. Right. Yeah, you can find the link at Google.com. <laughs> yes, exactly. You might be able to find all of the information. Anyway, uh, so, uh, I barrack your for, team. I barrack for a team called the uh, Western Bulldogs, formerly Footscray. They were originally okay. the Footscray Football Club, and on the back of their jersey, uh, up on the back of the neck, they still have FFC, which is just to remember that. But mm-hmm. they are the team of the Western suburbs in Melbourne, the working class suburbs. Okay. They are the worst performed team in the history of the competition. Oh, excellent. They've so, won one uh, grand final, which is what we we call our, you know, our pennant or our Super Bowl or right. whatever. They've won one grand final. When was that? 1954. Oops. Yeah. Uh, okay, they the Red Sox. They were in their <laughs> only other uh, grand final in 1961 okay. when they lost to the Hawthorne Hawks. Okay. Uh, that was Hawthorne's first uh, premiership they won uh, was in uh, 1961. Since then, I think they've won 12. Wow. So even though they've been a super team and uh, they are one of the best teams in the competition, I loathe Hawthorne because, I you know. I only like the bird. That's right. why I wear that hat all the time. No, they're great. They're they a fantastic the logo. And they're a fantastic team. Okay. Uh, they have such a great song. We're a happy team at Hawthorne. Oh my We're God, the mighty fighting the hawks. And the we love people. our club and we play to win. <laughs> Riding the bumps with a grin at Hawthorne. Come <laughs> like that. Yeah. What's, what's your teams? What's the Bulldogs? Uh, that, it's not as good. Uh, it's uh, Sons of the West. Red, white, and blue <laughs> will come out snarling, bulldogs through and through. Because they're all jaunty old, like that's what yeah. they're like. They're, so, yeah, they're, they're, they're sort of barbershop quartet right. songs. The Richmond Tigers one is the big one. When the yeah. Richmond Tigers are up and about and there's like, you know, 80,000 Richmond fans at the MCG, there's yeah. his ass, because they've got a big crowd bit in there. So it's like, there's his, we're from Tiger Land, a fighting fury, we're from Tiger Land. When we're behind, never mind, we're in Tiger Land. A fighting fury, the final siren's gone. Like the tigers of old, we're young and we're bold, or we're from Tiger. And then everyone yells out, yellow and black. But the whole, the whole crowd, crowd yells, yells out, yellow and black. That's the big, that's the moment, you know? All right. It's so adorable in some ways, and yet so... Because they also run through crepe paper, and they're these yep. giant machines of humanity. They giant crepe paper banners at the start, yep. that, like the, the cheer squad put together still. Yep. And, uh, and yeah, they, they sing that song at yep. the end. And awesome. Um, so uh, my team, the Western Bulldogs, formerly Footscray Football Club, yep. uh, only been in two grand finals, one 20 years before I was born and the other one 13 years before I was born. No, sorry, 40 years before I was born. The <gasps> uh, worst. Yeah. So... so 1954, this is how long ago it is. This is how I like to explain it to people. If I had missed that grand final and I wanted to see the replay Mm -hmm. of our premiership, I would have had to simply wait another two years until television came to Australia. Wow. That's how long ago it was. Wow. Yeah. Australia didn't have television until 1956. Yeah, that's correct. For the Olympics. For the Olympics. Yes. The Melbourne Olympics. So why still a fan? Because you didn't grow up in that neighborhood, right? So you're not barracking for them because it's it's a history of the 
It's a geographic thing, right? I loved them as a kid. I just like, for whatever reason, I mm. sympathized with them. I've always they been a bit team. of an underdog. Okay. Uh, my family, um, my broad family, like my cousins and that, they all, because my grandfather was a Collingwood fan. Okay. And Collingwood are the biggest sporting club in Australia. Most members, most successful. Um, black and white? Black and white. Okay. And I, for whatever reason, they always, you know what it, they felt like like from Karate Kid. Okay. They felt like the underdog. Yeah, the Bulldogs felt like Daniel San. Okay. And they, yeah, the other guys felt like <laughs> right, yeah, Cobra right? Kai. That's what they yeah. were like. They were yeah, Cobra yeah. Kai. You yeah, know. yeah. You're like, I'm gonna root for right the underdog, Barrick. right? Yeah. As it turns out, it's been 40 years of pain. I, I did. <laughs> I was doing an event for them the other night. They were very nice to. Uh, I'm because I've done stuff for the club over the years, and they recently made me their second ever ambassador. I'm an ambassador of the club. Excellent. The, their first ever was former. Prime Minister of Australia, Julia Gillard. So, Excellent. not bad. Not bad. Um, so, I did a gig for them the other night and I, it was a men's health event. They were doing an initiative to try to like, you know, encourage better men's health for people in the Western suburbs, okay. right? And a lot of the players were there and I did an impassioned plea to them saying that I was only keeping my health good so that I could see them win a grand <laughs> final, but they had to meet me halfway. <laughs> so I think I've got another 20 good years in me. Right. They have to play because I'm going to be like one of those Sox fans who like, you know, that the week after they finally won and like yeah. everyone died. Right. Because there was people were just holding on for that moment. Right, right. When that's going to be me. That's going to be you. I'm going to be like, I'm going to be a head in a jar. Like You heard and, it here, folks. Yeah. You'll just be waiting for them to just win. Just waiting for them to win so I can die. And did they, did they commit? Did they recommit to the team? They, they're not doing well this season. <laughs> I got, um, I, somebody, this is how well, that, somebody asked me, oh, so I'm doing the LA podcast festival and it's right. grand final weekend. Okay. Right. So it's a different weekend than it previously has been. It's uh-huh. the final weekend of the AFL season, grand final weekend. Oh. And I normally go to the grand final, even though my clubs never play because it's just one of the greatest events of right. all time. So, um, my manager rang me and said, look, you know, uh, it's the same weekend as, you know, the grand final. He, mm-hmm. he said, do you think the Bulldogs are going to make the grand final? I said, <laughs> let's do LA Podfest. <laughs> I think we'll be fine. I think it'll be fine. I think we're pretty safe at six months out to lock in <laughs> that I will have nothing to do that weekend. Yes. But what about, um, yeah, I do wonder about the, the, um, oh, I had a question and now it's gone. Now it's gone. That's the way it goes. Well, that's all right. That'll happen as a podcast, people. Right. Uh, we are at... Yeah, uh, we're at time. Is yeah, it time? we're at time. It's good. We're a little over an hour, so um, it's perfect. Right. Uh, Will Anderson, you've done vital work. And uh, Tofop at Will underscore Anderson, W-I-L. And there'll be links all over the place. Uh, Rangers, you've learned a lot about Batman. Mm. You've learned a lot about AFL. I've enjoyed all of it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you. Thanks for listening. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat, my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh, my God. We, why don't we just call that as the end of the show?